Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. Hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. Change it up this time. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bobby Don't is jinx a, it. Bobby Don't is a creature. We actually Bobby are doing is a this. creature of habit. Try yeah. a different Emphasis language. on creature. Yeah. Yeah. Esta viva in tres. Cuatro. Luna. You can do it. That would definitely do that. I'd rather Bobby do his thing yeah. than get goofy yeah. on him. What's weird? Like, we'll lose We listeners. should do it in French because we are rating on the French charts as high as we are on the American charts. All three Explain people. That All four one. people are yeah. listening to it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah. All right, let's go. We're live in three, two, one. All right, everybody. Well, here we are once again, West Point, Mississippi, home of Mossy Oak brand camo. And, guys, I'm going to throw it out there. Also home of the Oak Hill golf team that has just won its sixth. Seventh. 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 Excuse me. Corrected by none other than Toxie at the end of the table. (laughs) State championship. That's pretty awesome. That is incredible. They are lights out ahead of the competition. Well, it's it's got to have something to do with the Mossy Oak golf course. They're out there practicing all the time. Well, it's actually all over. All the above. BJ yeah. and Tim. BJ and yeah. Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. George, who started all that. But it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. There, there was an article we just saw. It's the University of Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. And it's a – nobody knows except right here. School, it's a little right? small school of 350 or so students, maybe a few more now. And uh, yeah. yet they have the most dominant golf team in the history of Mississippi high school, according to the article. Didn't they win by like forty strokes? Eighty-three uh, strokes in the state championship match. <laughs> <laughs> they could have thrown. They wow. could have added the other person and still won that they had thrown out. I was reading some of the stats. They played a tournament with all the biggest high schools and most prominent golf teams in the state. Won it by twenty-something strokes in that one. And they're they had to throw out a sixty-nine. Mm. In other words, they had someone shoot a sixty-nine. Didn't even get to count their score. They had five other ones higher, lower than that. Wow. It's crazy. And and the thing about it, they have kids from the seventh grade up on that team. Mm-hmm. There was like only one senior. So uh, it's just yeah, a best testament to BJ and Tim. No doubt about it. And what they've done. It's been going on for a long, long time. Yeah. Can we get the horns for yeah, them one time? Yeah, it's amazing. So proud of our town, a little small town. And yeah, they are. Yeah, it really is. But yeah, that was going on long before Mossy Oak Golf Course, which is a part of all that now. But, That's true. Yeah, yeah, we're just proud to be a part of what they do, and they and they train. You know, PGA 
men and women both that are you know on the tour there. It's one of the top yeah. training facilities in the country. Yeah, the Mississippi State training facility. Right? Uh, yeah, that's right. But that's right. BJ ends up being the coach, and his course his sons are playing there too, which helps. But there's a whole host of them. Uh, in the interview, it said he says I've got fourth and fifth graders that may be better when they get to be in high school than the ones I have now. Even so, no, that's that, uh, that's great. That's yeah. amazing. Lanny, you need to get your kids playing golf. This could be a, oh, yeah. a career. We're too busy. That's tell you what. <laughs> Mac, yeah. it's well, the best way well to pay for a college tuition right, yeah. right now is well, get them enrolled in yeah. BJ and Tim's school. Lanny, have you ever golf. played golf? Ah, uh, uh, no. Not a whole round. <laughs> yeah, that's me I always, too. I always got distracted, uh, you know, fishing in the lakes. So right. I would bring my fishing poles because I did. I, my granddad's soybean farm ended up being a golf course, and we'd go and I'd fish while anybody else would go. Oh, the ponds are always highly fertilized, mm-hmm. so they're very productive. So That's kind of like what we're talking about today. It, it, it? it is. So, look, we're going to ease into this. We've got Chris Grantham from Alabama Liquid Fertilizers, and he's an interesting guy over there, and he knows a lot about sp- Spraying these foliar applied yeah. fertilizers. So these are easy, affordable applications that, that do a lot. So and they work. And they, oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. We wouldn't put biologic on them if they didn't work, Bobby. It, it, well, exactly. Come so, on. Key is getting people to try it once they've ever tried it. Yeah, you know, and we're trying to make it easier for them all the time. And the pricing of things today is going to make it a lot easier for them. And the value, it's amazing. Well, um, I mean, it's easier to carry too. It's a different thing than you know spreading them with the buggy. Right. Like everybody traditionally doing petroleum fertilizers, blah blah blah. But it's so advantageous in so many ways, you know. Yeah, and you can mix stuff in there with it too, can't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it. there's there's still a Stack lot of it. naysayers out there, Big but word. No. this tech it's been around since the fifties. I was reading up on it earlier. A couple of researchers out of Michigan State in the fifties were uh, somehow mixing radioactive stuff with <laughs> phosphorus oh, nice. and potassium and applying it to leaf surfaces. And then they were using a Geiger counter to monitor the movement. Oh, the that's, plants. that's cool. So that's how they figured out the foliar application, how many, how right. like the rates and, and everything uh, else. On, you know, on average, it was moving about a foot per hour through the plants. That's uh, amazing. Bobby, yeah. but that you know that? Phosphorus yeah. and potassium. But, I mean, heck, uh, really uh, – Folks in the pecan business, they've been doing that for 60 or 70 years, applying uh, zinc uh, to the foliarly. Mm. Uh, you know, when we thought he was back there looking at Instagram, he was actually exactly. Googling some research. <laughs> he was looking at something. That, that's so good. the first non-typical whitetails ate this foliar stuff in the uh, nuclear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, radioactive, I, got I was going to say radioactive uh, the baby plant material <laughs> created the first, you know, non-typical whitetails back in the 50s. That's yeah. right. That's All interesting, right. though. So Very be- good stuff, Doug. Be- before we crack open this, I, I want to point out that this is our 96th episode. Man. And, I, uh, you know, gosh, uh, when we started, it seemed like we started. Just you a, couldn't even spell podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was. <laughs> you really didn't. Yeah, you know, podcast, I think he said. Yeah, we, we didn't know. So uh, we have got, we have kind of designed a, a giveaway for the. For We're the, on our way to 100. That's right. Hopefully we hopefully. will get to 100. Toxie doesn't pull the plug so. on us at, at 99 or something. If it doesn't stop raining, we may be doing it by boat. Yeah, well. <laughs> So we've got some great prizes. So what I wanted to do is we're going to bring Jason McKellar in to explain the contest. And so Jason, the- if everybody remembers, Jason killed a big alligator last year yep. on one of our television yep. shows. Yep. With uh, that's the one that you fell out of the boat trying to get the gator. It's really drawn out. Fell. Go watch I that jumped. television show. I thought jumped. someone pushed you. No, I jumped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Richie was Who not. Richie was not happy with, with me. <laughs> 
So there's going to be a big giveaway at the 100th episode, but leading up to the next four episodes, we're giving away some great prizes. So, Jason, would you could you tell us about it, please? Yeah. So uh, starting this episode, we're going to – we're going to uh, give a trivia question to you guys, see who can answer it. That we don't know the answer to. You don't, no one's heard it. The guys around the office kind of emailed around and got a few. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're relevant. So basically to enter, listen to the episode, get the answer to the trivia question, and then go to uh, com slash podcast giveaway, and you can enter that answer in a form. Ah. So you got four answers. So each episode, you got to go listen, go online, and do it. So each time you enter, you you can win that prize. It's like today we're giving away a two hundred fifty dollars gift card. Mm. If you answer it right, Ooh. you get entered to win that prize. Plus, you get entered to win the grand prize, which is the Browning A five. Bottomland yeah. Bottom. Browning A five. No way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. And, uh, You're gonna enter, aren't you? Oh wait. I don't think he can. Yeah. Well, he didn't know it, but it's his A5. Oh, we're giving away. Oh, you already got it. <laughs> I thought y'all told me it was Bobby's. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to advertise that on social media, but hopefully we can reach out to a lot of folks. Yeah. So, you can so say they, again what they've got to do, yeah, where they have a, to go. It's a firearm. Say that one more time, where people have to go. Yeah, so after you hear the after you listen to the episode and you hear the uh, trivia answer, go to mossyoakgamekeeper.com slash podcast giveaway. Podcast giveaway. Yeah, it's in the menu bar, too. Yeah, it's in the menu bar. Okay, okay. And you can enter five times, is that right? You can enter five times. You can enter, you know, your first sign-ups, sign up for our newsletter. Wait, 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 time out. You said there's four answers available. If I enter five times, I'm going to get it right. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing the math on how many people we have. Well, you you might. You can tell how how I passed college. (laughs) (laughs) And, And each week, I think the prizes get bigger. Yeah, they do, and we're going to wait to the 100th episode. You tune in there, and we'll announce all the winners and contact everybody. And uh, I got a quick question. Yeah. What if Bobby gets the answer wrong with the Twitter question? <laughs> yeah, what happens? Well, there? today will be a good test for you. You should know <laughs> yeah. today's question. Yeah, I love trivia. <laughs> so, so the first here, one, he'll bail him out. We've got a $250 Gamekeeper Fieldwear nice. gift card. All right. Uh, next week, we're going to have some Leopold sunglasses. Uh, love those. Uh, the next week, we're going to have some uh, custom pair of Russell boots. So you'll send in your measurements, and what? Joe is going to make you some boots. Yep. that That's a serious prize right there. Then uh, Gunner Kennel is going to give away a Gamekeeper edition Gunner Kennel. Nice. And then last, uh, but in the grand prize, a, a Browning A5 is dipped in an original bottom line. It's beautiful. Wow. Straight out of Toxie's closet. It's straight out of his safe. <laughs> Can I quit my job for about a month? Life. and then? So one thing you have in common, all five of those are. Terrific, terrific quality brands. Oh, yeah. They yes. really, really are. Everything about them, everything they put together, the people there and all, those are great companies. They sure are. They great certainly partners. are. Yeah, so, that's more than a T-shirt and a hat for no, sure. For sure. No, it's the 100th episode, y'all. So, Jason, is there anything else you want to tell us about that? No, I think that's it. I mean, you just you listen. Uh, there's also links to the episodes on the forum where you Enter to win. So if you if you miss it, go there. You click it. You can listen back for it and then enter your answer. Yeah, and it correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're in Rhode Island, New York, or Florida, you're just out of luck. Yep, that's right. The, the prizes are worth too much. Dagum sweepstakes law. Well, yeah. we're sorry about that. So send a letter to your state congressman or somebody mm-hmm. in. Tell them you want to win a, yeah. a gamekeeper prize. Yeah. Let, us, yeah. let us hunt on Sundays <laughs> and fix the. 
game so keeps well, well, Do y'all want to go ahead and ask the question now? I want to know what it is. I don't know if we can. Yeah. All right, so yeah. th- the answer to this question is what they will plug in. Okay, so this is going to be the prize. Well, the answer to this question is going to be the prize word to enter. That right. is, I think that's right. Okay. I hope we get it yeah, right. Yeah, so whether y'all get it right or not, we, we, we're, we're going to tell them what the answer is. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so I'll start this off uh, for this one. Bobby, this one's kind of – you should know this one. So, we're, we're everyone's expecting you, you're going to – you know, oh, is, we're just going to start out <laughs> easy. <laughs> what year did Gamekeeper Magazine change its name from Farming to Wildlife to Gamekeepers? Oh, my goodness. I know this one. You should remember we were digging a beaver dam. I, I don't remember the year, but it was probably about 12 years ago. I think so, it was longer than that. Longer than that? Yeah, I, I don't know the year. I'll be honest, I don't want to take a lot of time. I don't know the year. Laney? I'm on guess. Two thousand eight. Really? I'm gonna say close, close. Nine. Oh really? <laughs> okay. I was gonna say like twelve. Well, so I'm at I'm at ten. Yeah, you said twelve years ago, ten, Bobby. You got it right. Twenty ten. Oh, how about that? Twenty ten. So, I, so I got it right by accident. Yeah. I guess. No, you didn't. You 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 immediately said twelve years ago. But what took you a minute and a half was, was to subtract <laughs> yeah. twelve from yeah. twenty-two. That's what took so long. Yeah. Okay. There we go. You get you got me there. So guys will put in two thousand ten. Yep. One one word answers online. So 2010. just go there. You'll see a little blank that says ninety-six episode trivia answer. Click on it. Enter twenty ten, and you're in it to win the two hundred fifty dollars gift card and possibly the Browning A five. That's right. Out of toxic cloth. Yeah. In bottom land. Yeah. You know, we can probably put some Apex shells with that, that gun, too. That's probably the most all-purpose shotgun you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those the new Apex. Chris, is, you, you're nodding your head. You've you've obviously been around a, an old humpback browning. They're awesome. They are. Yeah, they sure are. Fun to shoot. Okay, one more piece of business. Mac, we got a commercial for today. We do. Uh, since we're talking about foliar fertilizers, I thought it would be a perfect time to talk about our ATV, UTV, uh, Gamekeeper 25-gallon uh, boomless sprayer that you can pick up at BassPro.com. Yeah, mm. it, you know, it's an awesome sprayer. Lanny, I was playing around with one no, it looks last great. week. It's got the two nozzles on the back that spray out in a fan. So this comes with the boom kit. It does. And probably a little bit stouter motor, I would imagine. It's five gallons per minute, which mm. I, I think is about as big as you can get. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. yeah that's, they're great units. They really are. I've gotten so addicted to using them for so many applications. They're so handy. Yeah. So this has the wand and the boomless on it. Right? It does. And it's a GameCube edition. So if you go to BassPro.com, you right. can search and you can find the GameCube. You know, one of the things that, that um, when I've used it, trailer it, I filled it up, and then I'm at a remote location. So I how to get more water in it. Actually, I've taken some old two-and-a-half-gallon cans I had left over, or you can take, go buy, like, a five-gallon gas can, but don't put any gas in it yet. But you can transport extra water. And you can actually, if you have a pond nearby, you can dip, like, a five-gallon bucket mm-hmm. of water. Just make sure it's not real muddy or got trash in it. Or fish. And, yeah. Yeah, or <laughs> fish. <laughs> but... Uh, I always thought it was too limiting because, you know, two and a half gallons, I mean, 25 gallons and I'm done. But it's not that hard to fill them back up and use them again, especially if you've got good, clean lake water somewhere nearby. Yeah. In a five-gallon bucket, it'll do it. 
Yeah. And so we're giving away the 25-gallon today? Yes. Yeah, so later on we're going to ask Chris a trivia question. And the winner, he'll be playing for uh, one of our listeners that left a review for us. So this is a great prize. Yeah, and they're yes. making – it looks like they've got 25-gallon, they've got 40-gallon, and they've got a 60-gallon mold. Yeah, they too. do. And so. Boomless yeah. is great. Yeah. It's yeah. oh, so what we do. Yeah, yeah um, it's the way to go. And, and yeah. one thing I was noticing, I hadn't used it yet, but I was looking at uh, – you can turn one side off or both sides. But to so, spray the side for example, if you're mm-hmm. just wanting to spray the right side of your road to right. kill grasses and not broad leaves, you could do that. And then you might could come back a couple weeks later and do the opposite. Right. And so one side of the road, you got wildflowers and broad leaves. Next other side of the road, you got grasses. Plus, I think so. if you turn every the, that side off, the, the side you leave on is probably going to have more pressure. Sure. And push it out further, a further. too. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I, cool. You know, we talked last year about the army worm epidemic, and I've never done it before until this last year where I had to get on them immediately, didn't have time to go get a tractor, drive around where it was, and it made a great, you know, emergency operation unit for army worms for mm-hmm. me last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be that time before we know it. Yes. So you on your – on your uh, Can-Am side-by-side, mm-hmm. you, are you using a 40 or 60-gallon? Actually, or? on the side-by-side, I've got a 60-gallon I mm-hmm. use. Yeah. But on four-wheelers, I typically stick with the 25. Yeah, that's a lot of weight. You could go to 40 on a bigger four-wheeler, but to handle itself, the best the best thing I learned is try to think ahead of time. If you've got good, clean pine water accessible in a five-gallon bucket, you can fill them back up and, and reload, and yeah. you can do a lot with just a 25-gallon tank. Yeah. The main thing I would Say above all else, like everything else we talk about, safety. Always be cautious about windy conditions and drift. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't drive right back through it. Other than that, they're amazing, and I've learned to use them a lot more in the last couple of years. And always wash your tank and purge your lines. Mm-hmm. For sure. Got to do that. Done. That's right. Especially at the end of the – but mm-hmm. anytime you won't go from one chemical to the next. Yep, got to Absolutely, but I've learned also in the winter. Yeah. You know, you'll yeah. run that pump if you just leave the chemical in it uh, over the winter. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Anything else, Max? Is that it? Its coverage is actually 24 feet, which, I mean, makes quick work of a pass for mm. sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, it does. Okay. Mac, thank you so much for that. So, let's get back. Chris, we're, we're real excited that you're here. And, uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and so, you're from Elba, Alabama. Yes, sir. There's the Pea River is down there. It floods from time to time. I killed my first turkey years ago on the Pea River near Pierrote, Alabama. So, that's a really the kind metropolis. of metropolis. It's a historic river down there. It is. It is a historic river. And most everybody knows Elba from either it's on the way to the beach or it's that little town that floods every eight or ten years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bad floods, too. Yeah. Well, so how did you get into the fertilizer, liquid fertilizer business? Well, I kind of got lucky. I married the, dos- the boss's daughter. Hey, it's <laughs> a pretty good strategy. Hey, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was working construction in Montgomery, building subdivisions, water and sewer systems, and grew up on a farm and went to school at Auburn, played a little football there, War Eagle, and uh, just happened to meet Kelly and... When I found out what her dad did, that he made liquid fertilizer for turf, mostly for golf courses. Like a lot of folks, I've never hit a golf ball. I probably couldn't hit it if I had to. But I told her dad, you know, I don't know anything about golf. But when he explained how 
liquid fertilizer works and how fast it gets into the plants and how much more efficient it is than the granular fertilizer, I said, man, we need something for food plots. I know hunting, I know fishing, I don't know golf. And I bugged him for two years to make me something for a food plot. He finally got tired of hearing it, and he made our uh, the liquid uh, plot mix that we have. And as soon as we started spraying it, we seen instant results. I've had people call and say, man, I think I've seen a different color in the grass from one row to the next when I was spraying. Mm-hmm. It goes in so fast. And when you see how quick it gets into the plant, you was talking about it moved a foot in an hour, you know, coming in through the soil and the roots, it may take a week for that fertilizer to move a foot or actually get into the root system. By by foliar feeding, it's going directly in the plant, and it's, you know, 80 to 90% of the fertilizers in the plant within the first couple hours of working, of getting in there. And then if you have a two- or three-inch rain show up out of nowhere, all your fertilizer's not running off down to the bottom of the hill or in your neighbor's fish pond or down the creek. And, you know, that can be, fertilizer pollution can be a problem in a lot of areas, especially in in southern Florida and down Mm -hmm. around the coast. So you're even saying, if I'm hearing this right, that uh, like if the pH isn't correct on your soils, and there's a lot of soils that aren't, but the the way this fertilizer is absorbed through the leaves, it potentially is not bound up in the soil like others could be if the pH wasn't right. Correct. It Because it is going into the leaves and not the roots, it's not going to be bound up in the soil. And nothing can replace good soil or proper pH mm-hmm. because your plants like certain pH levels to grow in. And pH, you know, you're, you're still going to have to feed your soil. It's not here to replace granular fertilizer. We, we're not going to be able to do that ever unfortunately, but it can enhance what you have. It can put what the plants are needing directly into the plants when they need it. And also with the plot mix having a calcium in it that the deer and the turkey are needing, it's putting that calcium directly in the plants that they're eating. And when they find it, I don't know how they know it's there, but when they find it, they cannot stay away from it. They have to come to it. Well, we had done some testing years ago, guys, and it led us to, to Chris, and we were introduced to Chris by Morty Fisher, mm-hmm. friend, friend of longtime friend of Mossy Oak. And, uh, and, and so we, you know, you produce now when guys go online to Plant Biologic, and, and you'll see our liquid food plot fertilizer mm-hmm. and our liquid clover fertilizer. That, that's produced by you there in Elba, Alabama. Yes, sir. But we were just very impressed with, with – uh, the results we got oh, from yeah. these fertilizers, and oh, I, it, it 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 really has been. So, it, could you can you kind of let let's talk about the difference in the two, if you if you could. And, uh, and Toxie's really into clovers right now, and I think let's start off with that talking about the liquid clover fertilizer and how it enha- how it helps. Well, the the clover fertilizer is a it's a zero ten twenty. Clover is a legume, so it produces its own nitrogen. So if you put a fertilizer on it that is high in nitrogen, you can actually make the clover six or, or even kill it. By having a, an O1020 mix, it's putting the, the fertilizer that, that the clover needs directly into the plant, and it will, it will respond quickly. And we actually designed the O1020 because of one of our customers that has a deer farm that has clover in his deer pens. 
his deer wasn't eating his clover and what they were eating, he, he just felt like it wasn't giving them what they needed. And he talked with us and asked us to make something that had a, a good bit of phosphorus in it and a lot of potassium. So we come up with the O1020, and the first time he sprayed it, he called us in a couple of days, and he said, man, my deer are mowing the clover. Mm-hmm. This stuff is awesome. Mm-hmm. And we've, we, we went with it from there. So I'm not a soil scientist, but I always have remembered from many, many years ago how um, the phosphorus and potash, are phosph- uh, they take longer to translocate into the soil. And in other words, you need, you, you, if you fertilize NP and K, the nitrogen might be utilized immediately, but the P and K take a lot longer. Is that right, Dudley? Uh, have to incorporate in the soil for yeah, longer. Yeah, uh, nitrogen goes first, right? Then K and P stays around for a long time. Right. Hmm. So, in other words, like a lot of you know, whatever soybean farmers or whatever around here, cotton probably too, they'll put those in the ground this in the fall for utilization the next spring. And I was just wondering, you know, it seems like with this you would get immediate. Mm-hmm. uptake and usage or translocation or whatever of those two as opposed to trying to apply them in the soil so f- for clover for example uh you know we don't need to be putting maybe just a little bit but not much of any nitrogen on them but the 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 ones they need seems like it would take a lot longer for it to rain in wash into the soil and get to a form where they could actually uptake it where it would be instantaneous with the foliar that's one of the things and it you know, I didn't do pre and post dry matter analysis on them, but wow, it was just like he described. It's crazy. The, I mean, it was just like instantly almost emerald green and lush growth. Mm. Just, you know, it, it, it was almost immediate, but with the first rain that really stimulated it, it was crazy how fast it jumped. I mean, it literally almost looked like I think I could have sat there and watched it grow. Hmm. So on the clover fertilizer, it could also be used on soybeans or iron and clay peas. Oh, yeah. Any legume. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Including, you know, if you're good enough to identify them, uh, native browse. Yes. Yeah, like a partridge pea. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. I was thinking about when you talked about the spray rig and turning that boom nozzle, uh, some really good, like, wildlife managers I've known over the years would actually use granular or foliar fertilizers and spray the edge of their roadside, especially in certain plant pine plantations, would have been thinned. They burn, and what grew back was some good, you know, native forages, lagoons, you know, maybe some forbs. Anyway, they would just, they said, I'm going to spend my money on fertilizer over planting anything else, and got great results. They would turn that boom. They were doing it on a tractor, and they were getting like 60 feet. But the same, you could do the same thing easily with a four-wheeler. Sure. We actually have customers up in North Georgia, and uh, – you know, bow season comes in up there before the acorns have really started falling. And they'll go in and spray the vegetation around their bow stands to bring the deer into their area because mm-hmm. the fertilizer is going to make the plants taste yes. better. Oh, no question. And also by putting what the, what the deer are looking for in the plants, it, it gives them that little extra advantage. And they can go in there with a backpack sprayer or a two-gallon sprayer and spray a, a 10 by 10 area and bring the deer right in where they want them. It's kind of like cheating a little bit, but, you know. It's it's so interesting to me how that works because, you know, like if a human was to walk up and taste that plant, you know, they're just, they can sense it. 
And it may be just a minor difference, but they know it's there, and they know that they need it more than the vegetation that's not quite as healthy. Well, not only quite as healthy, but doesn't taste as good. The fertilizer makes it taste better. Right. And then, you know. Well, they're going to crave the things they're missing in their diet anyway. Right. If they taste that, they're going to just crave it like crazy. But, I mean, as much research has been done on white-tailed deer, and they publish the numbers, how many times greater they can smell than us, I don't think we really understand. No, we don't. How yeah. incredible that is. Yeah. Know? Taste better is, is layman's terms yeah. that we use right. to explain that phenomenon. It's, it's pretty interesting. Unbelievable how they yeah. can sense things yep. like that. So a guy, while we're still on the, the liquid clover fertilizer, can he stack uh, different herbicides in there with that and spray at one time? It depends on the herbicide that he's using. Uh, you know, anytime we have customers want to mix anything with our products, we always tell them to do a jar test. You know, you don't want to put two ounces of fertilizer and two ounces of the chemical in there because, you know, it's not going to be that strong in your tank. So you want to get a solution that's similar to what you're going to be putting in your tank. You know, if you've got a couple ounces of water, put a drop of fertilizer, a drop of the chemical together and see if it stays stays liquid. You know, some of it, it'll turn to, t- to something that looks like toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine trying to clean that out of a 25-gallon or 200-gallon sprayer. So, so that jar test, you you put all that in it, shake, shake it, up it up, and just and look make, at it. make sure you know, it stays. Yeah, but we, Bobby, uh, Dudley, everybody, we, we, you know, publish and even sell or make available and talk about certain. There's not but, say, three, four, five, you know, popular herbicides we talk about a lot and there's right. a couple in specifically are wonderful for wildlife mm-hmm. use That's we right. should test and publish that since we're working with them and their product and it's very specific we ought to be able to help people figure that out without even having to shake them up in a jar we should be able to do that so we, yeah. it's probably a pretty good project for us to look at yeah, yeah. matt put that on our things to do yeah yes yeah. thank you sir <laughs> because i'd like y'all to do that and keep me from having to shake in the jar yeah, no problem <laughs> yeah glyphosate <laughs> Clethodim, Mazamox. So those are the main three. I didn't do it, but Greg Briggs and Tom uh, Robertson, who managed most of my stuff for me, um, they did apply it with the Clethodim and Mazamox. And I didn't hear any repercussions, so it must have gone well. (laughs) The clover looks incredible, and I promise you if – Greg, especially, if there was something wrong with it, he would have let me know. Mm-hmm. So, evidently, that worked. But I'd like to just double-check before we publish that too much to people. That's, sure. That's such a great herbicide combination for what we use. I mean, it works unbelievably, like just like the Clearfield sunflowers even. But any lagoon, the clovers, the, the peas, even, a you know, traditional soybeans uh, and it's so environmentally safe compared to a lot of herbicides. So, how fast is the product uh, rain? It rain, needs, rainproof. Uh, yeah, rainproof. Yeah. Rain fast, actually. Rain fast. How, yeah. how fast. There we go. It needs about two hours on the plants before you get a major rain. So, when you spray these plants, any that doesn't get on the plants is falling on the ground. Does that get utilized as well? It does, but a very minute amount because yeah. because foliar is so efficient. You're not putting a whole lot out there, mm-hmm. right? You know when you when you spray. <laughs> An acre with Roundup to kill it, you put, what, a quart of Roundup in a tank and kill an acre? Right. Well, you know, we're putting two gallons of fertilizer in there. 
compared to compared three to, to four hundred pounds per acre of granular. Right. Exactly, <clears throat> and therefore you get your money savings, especially with prices being what they are now. Yeah. Um, so a guy's looking at about forty dollars then. Correct. Yeah. You know, two to two per to four acre. gallons per acre. Mm-hmm. Four is heavy. Uh, two gallons per acre works really well. Uh, if you put, you know, you, the more you put out, you actually start to risk burning the plants, which they will come out of it. But right. you're gonna turn them brown. Well, you're gonna yeah. waste your money. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, spent too much anyway. I, I like the idea because you could, you could. I mean, trying to be, you know, squeaky efficient. You could spray something very small, and you know, of your coverage area might be sixty-seven percent dirt. And so what I'm getting at is when you spray clover, you're getting complete coverage. Every, every unless you got a few bare spots, every single mm-hmm. droplet is hitting a plant to be absorbed. So I would say of, of just about anything, unless you've got peas and beans that have kind of canopied already, and if you do that, you're probably running over some plants. The most efficient plant to spray it on would be, you know, whether it's, unless it's a full coverage food plot, it would be clover. And and that's another thing with spraying. You want to make sure that you actually have more foliage than dirt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you want it. You want all. You want all your money going directly in your plants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dudley, have you got a question? Well, that was one of them, uh, which was you know what's what stage of growth or whatever. Um, now, what about timing? What about time of day? Do you want to put this out in the heat of the heat of the day, or is it better to put it out early or late? It's better early morning. Uh, you don't want to get you know, of course, in the middle of the day, it's hot. The plants are already being stressed. You don't want to hit them with a the fertilizer during the middle of the day. But, And then, of course, real late in the afternoon, the stomata close up, and it's, you know, it's ready to go to sleep for the night. But usually early morning works extremely well. Okay. Hey, this is Toxie Hayes with Mossy Oak. You know, hunting and fishing, game keeping, and taking care of the land with my family is my life. And I'll be honest with you, the one out that I'm on every day and use more than anything is Onyx. It literally has changed my life. From property ownership to roads, everything to do with understanding the land better. I even use it to plot acreages all the time. Every function I could dream of, use coupon code MOSSYOAK to save 20% on your next Onyx subscription. Trust me, you'll be so glad you did. We would always wait on herbicides till it, the dew kind of dried well, the, off. Yeah, you know, they, I was wondering if that dew diluted it, or with fertilizer, does it not even matter? It will dilute it just a little bit, but because it is dew being on the leaf, and then it's all actually mixing together, so it's still going in there. So if there's, you know, if there's dew on there, it's not gonna, not gonna yeah. harm you. Uh, right. Most of our golf courses, which is the 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 parent of all of our liquid fertilizers, is the turf industry. Right. You know, they're spraying at five or six o'clock in the morning. Before the, right. you know, they got to have everything done on the course before the players get out there at, at eight or nine or whenever they get through drinking their coffee to go play, and uh, so you know the dew's not a big problem. And then of course another thing with our parent company being turf is everything that we use to make the fertilizer with is food food or feed based material. So if you get it on your fingers and stick them in your mouth it's going to taste really bad but it's not going to make you sick too bad well that's good to know yeah, actually yeah. that is yeah i'm not think gonna, about i won't take deer, a shot of it i'm not going to i'll try not to terrible. do that but you think about the critters eating it right away too that's a big deal yeah 
Yeah, good point. And and we've had customers spray it at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and then go back out at 12 and shoot deer in the food plot that's eaten where they sprayed. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's no... There's nothing in the in the fertilizer that smells bad enough to keep the white the deer off of it once you spray it on there. It doesn't take three or four days for the scent to go away for the deer to come after it. You know the, the thing I've always thought about as an attractant type of product is that it's not something you spray on the plant or dump on the ground or whatever and it's kinda gone. It's there for the life of the plant, at least for quite some time, weeks and weeks at a minimum. You know, if it's making it taste better, it stays that way for, you know, for a while. Until the plant gets eaten up or goes dormant or something. So, uh, what a great, honestly, what a great uh, tactic for people in hunting season. You know, way more meaningful than just a regular, you know, dump on the ground type attractant. Yeah. Well, so some of the, the, the really you could apply these most any time of the year, and and like the the regular food plot liquid food plot fertilizer. A lot of guys are are putting that on, like in. Uh, Later in the year, during that kind of that warm spell that we seem to always get in in November well, and actually, December, um, we did some just a small plot last year. Instead of sometimes in the the dead of winter, uh, gets we're going to get some really really cold weather. It'll so stress, uh, and I guess it saps the nitrogen out of it, Dudley. Yeah, I and they'll turn real yellow. Phosphate and so too. We, yeah, and so we've uh, depends on the plant. I mean, brassicas use up a lot of phosphate, but We've top dressed with nitrate sometimes, you know, probably not going to do it in the next year or so with these prices, but this, this will do it too and give them a shot, an instant shot of nutrients that, you know, when it's cold like that, you talk about drawing deer. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And when the ground is so wet, yes. you know, it, it may, the plants, there's not any air, you know, so it, it makes it harder for the plants to extract the nutrients out of the ground. So. Uh, stressful times of year is when this stuff really shines. Yeah, Mac, you look like you jumping up and down. I have a kind of a question, or really a, more of a like a thought question. Uh, so, thinking about the turkeys laying eggs uh, in the springtime, would it be fair to say that if you sprayed your food plots that the turkeys were utilizing during nesting season, could that hens eggs be stronger with the calcium from the liquid fertilizer absolutely boom go man you would think so <laughs> i mean well that that is uh with the with the food plot fertilizer it has the calcium in it that the deer and the turkey are needing to, and that's why we designed it that way was for spring and summer and when we were doing our testing on into the fall we found it to work a whole lot better in the fall but um you know, your turkeys are out there, especially if you have clover and you pop a turkey, you bust their crawl up, and there's going to be clover all in that in the turkey. And uh, they're eating the clover itself. But then also the grasshoppers and there bugs that are eating that clover leaf are also getting the calcium into them. So your poults are going to be out there bugging, and they're getting more calcium, more phosphorus, the stuff that they need as well. And you, you'll have a healthier poult and a, and a harder eggshell by having the calcium out there you know a lot of people uh, uh, buy oyster shells and, and crush them up and put out for the turkeys they can smell the calcium and they good lord made it where they knew what they could get what they needed mm. and when they find it they my, my turkeys are in my food plots just about every day 
Um, and, you know, I, I don't think there's a scientific study to prove that, but when you think about it, it, it makes a lot of sense. So when, when plants grow really fast, um, calcium doesn't move as quickly through the plant tissue, like the, the blossom end rot spray you yes. spray on your tomatoes. Yep. That's a calcium foliar fertilizer. Uh, when those plants are growing so fast, uh, in layman's terms, it's hard for that calcium to get all the way to the end of that blossom and into that tomato. And so by fo applying it foliarly, you're getting it where it needs to be. Um, and it makes a lot of sense on your theory, Mac, that uh, that's at a time of year when the plants are growing incredibly fast and it's hard to get yeah. that calcium to that growing tip of, of the vegetation. So... I don't know. I would. I'd lean to the good doctor to research this. Oh right. I mean, this is all just <laughs> kind I'll of theorizing. You, I'll bet you more meaningful than that is that it is so attractive to the bugs. There's nothing more nutritious than those bugs. Sure. To a hen trying to nest, a poult yeah, when they're born. Yeah. I mean, to a gobbler in the spring, the craving some protein. Uh, I'll bet you anything if they did research on that as the cycles of spring progress that the biggest benefit was being more attractive to more bugs but who knows yep yeah lanny you look like you've had a question yeah i was just um i'd, I'd love to understand i think you know with traditional fertilizers and root systems just to understand what you were talking about the stomata and how these plants actually absorb these nutrients leaves on a plant are kind of like a sponge so whatever gets on those leaves is going directly into the plant so you know, it has the stomata openings that allow um, oxygen to get into the plant or it, uh, oxygen to get out, carbon dioxide to come in and everything else. So spraying the liquid on there allows it to go directly into the plant system. That way, it's kind of like getting an IV. Mm -hmm. You know, you're putting it directly on the plant and it's going directly into the plant versus getting in the soil, melting, moving through the soil to the root and coming up in it that way. And you were talking about better to apply in the morning because those stomatas are open. Right. And they'll close, I guess, under stress. Under right? stress, under, they'll, under they'll the close the day. late in the evening, they will close. Probably too much liquid or gas. Well, that's why herbicides don't work sometimes right. when, it, when under stress like that. Mm -hmm. cool. I, I, <laughs> a lot of people will actually mix a little liquid fertilizer in with their weed killers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes it, makes it because right. it will piggyback right. on that fertilizer molecule and it'll it'll bring it to, into the plant a lot that's, faster. That's how we um, that's why we mix those products with the the, the formula we use mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And and how many times AMS, could, isn't that yeah. what that does? It is that ammonium sulfate. Doesn't, ammonium doesn't sulfate. AMS does yeah. the same thing, doesn't it basically? Yeah. It, makes it, it hotter I've always been Yeah, told. it's like you're feeding your plant so it's able to take right. in more but right. it you know it's also helping the water right uh yeah so well that brings up a question does that does the fertilizer need any type of surfactant or a water conditioner um it doesn't need it it doesn't hurt to use use it sometimes if you want it to stay on the plant longer um but then sometimes you do get a chemical burn if it stays on the on the plant too long so it, it, if you use a surfactant, I wouldn't use a whole lot. But now, soybeans have a, you know, kind of a waxier leaf, and it wouldn't hurt to have a little surfactant on the soybeans themselves. But other than that, for most plants, you don't really need it. Yeah, yeah and I, I think at the low rate that surfactant 
is included in, in some of the herbicides. Uh, and if you follow the recommend, recommendation on the label, it's really, what, usually half of 1% of the total solution. It's it should be a small amount. Okay. Right. So, Not especially if you're using tea. lake water or something, you, want, you definitely want to <laughs> treat the water with a conditioner or a surfactant before, or the nitrogen before you were to add something like this. Right. To lessen the chance of it clumping up, or, you know, if you were going to come back a couple weeks later and use it again, uh, it would keep it from reducing its effectiveness. We, we've had really good luck <clears throat> with that Helena product, Quest, mm -hmm. being yep. a water conditioner. Yep. So. How good often stuff. can you apply this? You could actually apply it every couple weeks if you want to, mm -hmm. but, you know, it'll last two, two and a half months before you really need to reapply mm -hmm. Um the way I judge on mine is when my deer quit eating my food plot, I know it's time, time to spray again. <laughs> <laughs> when I go to getting just a few pictures a day versus a couple hundred, I know I got to go, go out there and top dress it. Exactly. You're telling me about a guy that was having some problems getting some deer to eat his food plot. Obviously, he was he didn't have the right food plot planted. One biologist, yeah, I can no, tell you no. that. So no, he had, uh, I never have that problem. <laughs> yeah, he had uh, too much. He had gotten a, just a you know three seed mix from the from the feed stores, rye, wheat, and a clover or something in there with it. And he was, he's got a feeder in each of his food plots. And I knew he had planted food plots because I heard him. He's actually my dad's neighbor. And uh, I run into him, and he said that, you know, he is he was feeding two pallets a week of corn. Mm. And <laughs> with corn being what it is right now, you know, this was two years ago. And it, it was eight dollars a bag then, or seven fifty somewhere along in there. And uh, I told him, I said, "Well, are they eating your food plots?" And he said, "No, man, they're like twelve, fourteen inches tall." Hmm. And I said, "Let me spray one of your food plots with our with our plot mix." I said, "If the deer don't eat your food plot and quit eating the corn as much, you won't owe me nothing." I said, "But if I get it right and they eat your food plot, you're gonna pay me to spray the rest of them." And he agreed, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I sprayed it on a Wednesday morning. He texted me on Saturday, and he said he had 16 deer in his food plot eating that had been in there for 45 minutes, and not, not a single one had went to the feeder yet mm -hmm. because they're getting what they need. Yeah, they know what they need. That's you right. know, they'll stand there and eat corn all day long if you feed it to them. But if they got something else that they'd rather have and they're getting what they need, they'll eat that first. Yeah, what's more nutritious to them for sure. So, Chris, talk about, so if a guy's got a 25-gallon sprayer, he buys a jug of the fertilizer. Tell him about, let, let's explain how they go about calibrating their sprayer. <laughs> this, this is important. It, it, is, it, is, right. it, it is important yeah. because, and, and sprayer calibration is probably what I spend most of my time on the phone with customers about. They'll say, man, I got a 25-gallon tank. Okay. I've got a two-gallon-a-minute pump. How much fertilizer do I need to put in there? Well, how much water are you putting out per acre? Well, I don't know. i got a 25-gallon tank. <laughs> well, so how do they know? Well, you have to do a calibration test, and, and you know, there's – you can put a bucket under your nozzle on your sprayer. Well, let me – hang on. So if, if it <laughs> says it's five gallons a minute, I can't – does that help me figure anything out? No. 
and, and then that five gallons a minute is through that pump. It's not through the nozzles because that's compressed. You were explaining this to me right, earlier. Right, right. You know, it says five gallons per minute. That's no pressure running through the pump. Well, you know, if you change your nozzles, different sprayer tips put out, you know, some may put out three-tenths of a gallon per minute. Some may put out ten, you know, or, or a gallon a minute or, you know, maybe one-tenth of a gallon depending on what sprayer is. And then the other thing is your pressure. And, you know, obviously at 50 PSI, you're going to be putting out more liquid than you would at 10 or 20 PSI. And, you know, an easy way to do it is fill your sprayer full of water, measure out a half acre or quarter acre, run over it, see how much water you use, and, and, and run over that acre or quarter acre, half, whatever you're spraying, at the same speed and, and the same way that you would spray your, your food plot. You know, you don't want to run out there, at, do your calibration test at four miles per hour and then go out there and spray your food plot at eight because then you're going to be getting half the amount of, of liquid and, and fertilizer on your food plot as you need. Right. So if you run over a quarter acre and see how much time it took to do that and then how much water you use, you multiply that by four, it will tell you how many gallons per acre you're putting out. And that's that's the easiest way to do it. And if you're good in math, you can measure out 100 feet, see how long it takes you to drive 100 feet, how wide a spray pattern you are spraying, multiply that by 100, divide it into 43,560 square feet in an acre, go back and then see how much time it took to, to run over that 100 feet, Collect the water coming out yeah. of the nozzle that fa- for that amount of time. Yeah. See how much. Let, you let's use. not be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you missed your know it all. Yeah, let's, let's just not spray be a quarter acre and see how much we used. <laughs> so you know, yeah. fill, your, fill your tank up with water and drive around in exactly a, in a known area. Correct. So you know, you just know. burn a couple of hours practicing and and figuring it out. Yep. So is more water per acre better with this? Well, you you want to try to have at least ten to 12 gallons per water per, per acre, per acre. With, with, you know, with it. So you're putting out, you know, 13, 15 gallons of water per acre total uh, with the fertilizer and water together is a good mix. If you go up to 25, it's not a big issue. Um, you know, you get into how much water you're actually putting out. You know, if you've got to fill it up with a five-gallon bucket, obviously you want to be putting out 15 gallons of water instead of 25. But if you've got access to water, I, I, I spray myself at 25 gallons per acre. And yeah. I'll put two, two and a half gallons of fertilizer in there, fill it up with water, and go spray. Mm-hmm. And I I run at four miles an hour, and I know that at that speed and running 40 PSI on my sprayer, I'm putting out 25 gallons per acre. If you put a 40-gallon sprayer on the back of a four-wheeler and you fill it up with water, mm-hmm. you know, that's 320 pounds, uh, yeah. 320, 60. whatever it is. Uh, it's been... A long day. So, uh, you know, when you put that much weight on the back of a four-wheeler, if you're on flat level ground, it's not a problem. But you start up a hill, it's it's going to rear up. It's going to slosh out. Yeah, well, it may slosh out, mm-hmm. but I'd, I'd, I'd rather get wet than right. the Flip four-wheeler over, tip right. over. So, you know, 15 to 25-gallon tank on a four-wheeler is, is 25's max. Mm-hmm, I agree. Uh, side-by-side, 60 gallons on a side-by-side That's is a, lot. a load. Yeah, yeah I've, be careful I've got about a, it. I've got a 40 on mine, and when I fill it up, it, it knows it's mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, technically it would tow to 60, but, you know, that's just a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, Dudley, have, have you got another question? Um, 
we had talked about spraying these on, you know, like wildflowers and Correct. things like that. Um, do you think the uh, clover version or the food plot version would work better for just spraying it on native vegetation? Uh, the food plot. Okay, because it's, it's got a little nitrogen in there. It's got a little too. nitrogen in there. And, and we designed it that way because so many of the food plot mixes actually have clover in them. So we didn't want to make the clover sick, but we wanted to provide the other plants with the nitrogen that they're needed. Mm. So spraying the food plot on the native vegetation, anything that you spray it on, the deer are going to smell that calcium in there, and they, it's going to taste better to them. And they're going to key in on that. And, you know, with, with fertilizer prices being what they are, you know, if you've got an area that's got good forage in it, you can go in and spray that and not have a food plot. Because I have customers that, that don't have food plots or don't have room for a food plots, or they're hunting on a piece of property that they can't put a food plot in, and they'll go in and spray the vegetation on the side of the roads or whatever. And you know, Yeah, I bet you could go through some fifth row thin pines. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some, some uh, timber company land that they don't let you do anything on. You know, uh, no food plotting and no burning. And so that might be a good opportunity when they get done thinning. You can go in and yeah make it better. Yep. So what really sold me on this whole thing years ago was the, the fact that these high-end golf courses rely so much on this. And, you know, and you, you, you see these and they're, they're beautiful. And a lot of what's being done is those early mornings, they're, they're foliar applying fertilizer. Exactly. We have, we have courses throughout the southeast that are using our products, PGA Tour courses, that, that use it weekly. And they do that because they don't have time to wait two, three, four weeks for the granular to get into the soil and get into the plants. You know, if they, if they see something, they need to be able to correct it instantly because, you know, if some of the people that play golf don't like the court, what they see on the course, then the superintendent's looking for a new job because they're usually uh, vocal. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's that's why I, I kept pushing my father-in-law for us to make something for food plots because I seen how it was doing on the golf courses and and how how well it worked on the grass. Sure. Well, So is there something we should be asking you that we haven't asked yet? I have no idea. Y'all have asked so much. <laughs> Toxie, do you, you have Actually, another question for him? No. Lanny? Uh, no. Lanny's I, emailing somebody. No, I'm looking at his tomatoes, you know. Yeah, uh, so so Lanny <laughs> learned a new word today. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the one that I, I was familiar with through plant biology, but I hadn't thought about it in a while. So. Tomatoes, well, tomatoes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Potato, potato. And, it, you know, what I researched on it is it's not just a stomata. There's just other other parts of the leaf surface that, you know, and it depends and the, on the species and and the stems and yeah, the hairs. Whether it's a waxy surface or not and all kinds of cool stuff. But mm. the fact of the matter is is it it can enter through the leaf surface. Exactly. The biggest thing is it's so much more efficient than your granular. You know, within a couple of hours eighty to ninety percent of the fertilizer is actually in the plant and working. Mm. And then the other is it takes a small amount to get a lot of results and because of that it's a lot cheaper than of course your granular fertilizers right now which it will not replace the granulars but you still need to maintain your soil but it's it's something that can really benefit the plants in a hurry and benefit the wildlife as well that makes sense and so if if a guy sprays in the morning by the time he's eating lunch it's in that plant and working it's in that plant working usually by the time he's 
to the other side of the field. Mm. Wow. Good stuff. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I don't know what else to ask. So we've got the, the, the liquid clover fertilizer, mm-hmm. and then we've got a version that's a liquid fi- – so an all-purpose all food purpose, plot, yes. plot yes. fertilizer. And so, guys, if, if I understand it right, I mean, it's at, at, two ga- at two gallons per acre. This is, uh, this is pretty simple. It is. And one thing I would encourage people to do, if you're into what we're – as we say, if you're picking up what we're putting down here, if you're a gamekeeper <laughs> and you uh, – Go prove it to yourself. So, you know, before you, you know, you buy a bunch of stuff and go spray, you know, whatever, 30 acres of food plots, test it yourself. Learn for you. That's, there's no better way to know what you're dealing with than go do, you know, and, and test side by side. I, I especially would encourage people to try some for both season. Uh, I think they'll be shocked at how effective it could be. Mm-hmm. We've We've yeah. actually had customers that, that did just that. They bought a gallon to start with. That's right. And they sprayed a strip down the center of the field, and then they watched the deer come in the field and walk over where they didn't spray and go eat where they did spray. Or, you know, in a couple of days' time, where they sprayed is two or three inches tall, and where they didn't is eight or ten inches tall. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with this, you know, you're not going to see 12, 14-inch high food plot. If I see that, that tells me that the deer are not eating it. Hmm. With this... <laughs> One of my buddies said we needed to put a warning label on it because they're gonna they're gonna attack it and and mow it down. <laughs> you know what came to mind is our velvet season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, That's exactly. That's what I mean. Oh yeah, I thought about that when he first came in yeah. and started yeah. talking about it. Don't tell McElwain. Yeah, so Mississippi <laughs> for the first time ever has got a what is it? A early, early velvet season. And, and when is it? Is I think it? It's three days, middle September, of September. Yeah. Middle of September. Something around the seventeenth or eighteenth. Something. That's gonna be exciting. Interesting. Well, look, this has been fascinating. Look, don't leave. We we want to ask you a trivia question, then we want you to stay. And Dudley's got a, a question that he answers. So you if, don't make me look bad. Uh, no, no, uh, that's not our intent at all. So <laughs> nobody uh, has actually, ever gotten one wrong. Actually, it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> so here, here's the deal: you're going to ask. We're going to ask you a question. You're going to answer, it. and you're playing for one of our listeners that left a review. Okay. And uh, so if you get the question right. They win uh, this gamekeeper sprayer. It's yeah. worth like four hundred something. Yes, yeah, nice. So why, don't, why don't we give Whoa. them some fertilizer to go with it? And, oh, that's and, a great and, idea. And you will ship. You, you were nice enough to say I'll ship them some fertilizer. So that that's awesome. So, well, yep. So <laughs> a lot of pressure, Mac. Why don't you uh, ask him the question? I can do that. In the Mississippi velvet season, is September the sixteenth through the eighteenth. There you go. Hey, uh, can wait. I take off those days? No. You're going to anyway. Who's going to be here? Why'd you even yeah, ask? Who's going to be here? Dudley, somebody's going to be here. So the question is, what is largely considered to be the fastest and most robust bone development organs in the animal kingdom? A deer's horns or rack or whatever yeah. you call it. There you go. Well, that so, took yep. him almost a half a second. Yeah, yeah that was too fat. We've got to get tougher antlers, questions. Antlers. Antlers. Well, hey, antlers. Now. We want our listeners to win the prize. Yeah, yeah, well, so. that's true. And so the winner this week is Tucky 08. Tucky 08. Yeah, what was it? How did his review go? Tucky. He, I don't think he wanted to hear as much as you. That sounds like a southern gentleman saying, <laughs> I, I like killed Kentucky. a nice long beard Tucky this morning. Tucky. 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 Now, what'd he say? 
<laughs> All right. He said, uh, these guys are like hanging out with smart buddies. I feel like we're best friends, and I learn something new every week. Highly recommended hanging out with the GameCubers. Oh, my yes, God. Air hug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about that? So, Tucky, you need to get in touch with us. You've won a fabulous prize. Yeah, you no doubt about it. That's one of the best. Next year. Yeah. The he best might be from had. Kentucky. Ah, that's that what that I might be what's going on there. Mm. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, well, he know. could be from South Alabama, too, yeah. and just talking about turkeys. Yeah, he likes could, the turkey hunt. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> yep, Chris is nodding his head like he totally understood that comment. Yeah, exactly. So don't leave. That. This is a pretty – we always hand the steering wheel over to Dudley, and he answers That's the question. That's All right, Dudley. Hit. All right, you want me to read it, or Mac, do you want to read it? I can read it. Okay. Give you time to think about your answer. All right. Dudley, I'm he's stretching. He's this over. Kinda, he looks like an athlete stretching over there. This one's lengthy. Last week was a killer. It is. Last week was, last week right. was eight minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> the question or the response? The response was eight minutes yeah. long. It was a good one, though. All right. Dudley, I'm trying to get in uh, to this. N- uh, wait, let me redo that. Mark that time code, Richie. <laughs> Dudley. I'm trying to get into this new to me early successional habitat game at my 227-acre farm in north central Kentucky. Could he not be more specific? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, sorry, that was a. Hey, I'm uh, with him on this early successional habitat. This is really interesting. That's not even in the sentence. No, the first sentence. But, <laughs> however, <laughs> but. I don't think I want to take out any food plot acreage for this. Attach or some picks. What do you suggest? I'm getting some other opinions, but wanted to know yours. My goals are deer and turkey like most everyone else. But after hearing the quail podcast, I'm having and having less than stellar turkey season this past couple years, I'm wanting to do more for the birds. Based on what I'm reading, this based on what I'm reading, this cover will also benefit the deer. Thoughts, thanks in advance, August. That's a gamekeeper right, right there, man. He's thinking about so, it. Jeez. All right. To summarize, August wants to get into this early successional habitat game on his land. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking to David Hawley about it. It, it is. It, a lot of people are picking up on it. Yes. Uh, I think about it all the time. change, I guess, is going on in, mm-hmm. the, in the hunting and habitat world. Um, and so he doesn't want to take up his food plot space to put in a bunch of wildflowers or, you know, let some stuff just grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he sent some pics. Uh, and what I saw was a lot of rolling terrain. Um, the fields were down in the creek bottoms, uh, the, the food plots. What I noticed was a lot of overhead green cover on the ridge tops uh which in that part of the country i've hunted up there a couple of times uh there's a lot of cedars up there and uh cedars for wildlife you know they offer some thermal cover but uh you know if you look back well if you think back about three or four hundred years ago uh, all of that stuff was burning every year and there weren't any cedars there to begin with uh, or they had you know retreated just to the edges uh, so those were wildflowers and grasses a long time ago so my thought august would be um, if you can install a fire lane like around some of these ridge tops and ridges and start burning them 
uh, cedars hate fire and they'll they'll start dying mm. back. Um, and then in areas where the cedars are really small, you could hire one of those mulch crews or even mm-hmm. cut areas down yourself. Yeah, thin, thin some of the timber. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, or, again, yeah, hire a logger. Um, yep. If you've got larger areas of cedars, you can sell cedar. Um, and I know in, in a lot of parts of that part of country, you, you know, you've got big enough cedars to sell. And so that's what I would do. And that's not as productive soils, but that's the habitat where a lot of this ecosystem, you know, took place. The grasses and wildflowers and things occupied the poorer sites that may be a little bit drier. And then you had your trees and forests down in the drainages in the bottoms. And so that's my thought is Leave your food plots, you know, if you want to do some of that edge feathering where you're cutting down some of these encroaching hardwoods on the edges of your fields and let that grow up in early successional stuff, then do that as well. But, uh, yeah, you've got a lot of monoculture cedars that isn't housing much at all. And if you can get rid of that and let some of that early successional stuff grow and or plant some wildflowers and grasses, go for it. Thank you, Mr. Know-it-all. That's a good I one. I couldn't agree more. I, <clears throat> yeah. Make it really simple. I mean, that's by far the best advice, but just I wouldn't mess with the food plots. And just get somebody who knows what they're doing. Do some select cutting in the areas Dudley's talking sure. about. But don't don't give up a food plot to do it. There's no need for that. Yeah. I mean, you, Actually, you, may, have a, you may have a neighbor getting 200 yeah. acres clear cut. Well, yeah. while they're there, go ask them and say, hey, I've got oh, yeah. these two 15-acre areas. Since your equipment's here, can you give me? Well, Dudley's advice is going to give you way better early success or yeah. habitat you're looking for than giving up a food plot will. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know. Yeah, look look at the aerial stuff at your farm and find some of these areas that aren't as productive. These ridge tops, these you know, uh, logging decks, things yes, like yes, that. Yes. Ridge top roads when you're getting your pines thin. Uh, take out a few rows of pines on these ridge tops and make them make them long narrow openings. That's where you can do a lot. Yeah, of and you're stuff. actually making money doing this by, you know, it's it's not that hard to harvest timber and make your place a better wildlife place. Right. Really, it's not. You know, but what Dully's you're doing it by prescription instead of just by chance. You know. Right. Good stuff. Good yes, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Great question. Great answer. Yeah, it was. So, uh, thanks, August. Well, good luck. So, and if guys want, if you got any more questions, if guys want to ask Dudley a question, where do they go, Mac? How does that? How does that work? Uh, you t- you text message Dudley at six six two. He's available twenty four hours a day. So, uh, so Dudley, you should publish Mike's number for that. Hey, we're going we're going to create some kind of landing yeah, page. Just we need private to message people. me. Just kidding. Um, now you can go to Native Nurseries uh, Instagram. Nursery uh, Biologic. Nursery at mossyoak.com. dot mm-hmm. Biologic or, at mossyoak.com. Yep. Or 662-494-4326. That's our number here at the office. Yep. Okay, good. Well, folks, I hope you'll ask. He's, he's really good with this. He takes a lot of time for preparing his answer. So. Yes, he does he a good does. job. Yeah, he does. Thank you, Doug. It's very nice. Chris, We uh, it's just been exciting to have you here. You, you're, uh, you have always been associated with liquid fertilizer. I guess I've known you eight or ten years. and. Uh, 
it seemed like it's been that long, hasn't it? Hasn't it? <laughs> I think it's only been about five. Yeah, is that right? Well, it feels like longer than that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know how to take that far. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that one out yeah. now, but it, it has been a it's been a pleasure being here and, and been a lot of fun. And and once again, just thank y'all for the opportunity to be associated with such a great company. And well, thank well, you. Yeah, we appreciate that. that. You know, yeah. when somebody sees Biologic on something, they know that it's good, and with a lot of the products on the market out here, you can't always say that. But y'all have a y'all have a great reputation, and it's it's a, a honor to be involved with a company that that has a reputation like you have. Well, thank you so thank much. You much. We we do work at it for sure. We have, we have a great team. I will say and post allude to this um, podcast and having you here. If there's ever been a year that you I said something earlier about test a product, we have this is a great year to do this and. Because I think it's going, it may help you chart the course for the future in being more effective and cost effective, both on your property. You know, yeah, just get a jug. Yes, and correct. Play with make it. Make some Absolutely. random stripes through your food plots and remember where you did it, and come back two weeks later and see what it looks like. Yeah, correct. I don't think or you'll see, have to throw, remember. Hey, throw a camera no, up. No. Do it and throw a camera up when you get through spraying and right. just watch. You know? That's that's yeah. one of the things that I tell people, and I believe I told y'all the same thing when we started. Is you know. Put a camera out the week before you spray the fertilizer. See how many pictures you get. Spray the fertilizer and see how many more you yep. get the week after. Yep. And, you know, we've had people go from 30 pictures the first week to eight, 900, 1,000 pictures after they spray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not because anything changed other than the plants taste better. So, Chris, do you think, looking at a crystal ball, do you think fertilizer is going to stay at, the, at a high price or get higher in the next year? <sighs> Any way of it's, knowing? It's gonna it's gonna continue to go up. Uh, a majority of the fertilizer components come from Ukraine and Russia, which with their things that are going on now, um, that's gonna con- continue to be an issue. And then also a lot of the nitrogen products come from petroleum production, and with our current petroleum issues and supply being decreased. Uh, Things have to go up. Yeah. Our our components to make the products with have tripled in price in the last two years. And they're telling us that it's still gonna continue to go up. So, you know, it's 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 gonna be higher and of course with the dollar losing value daily, you know, it's gonna take more to get the same thing. Wow. So all right. Well, that's depressing. Bye now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but one other quote. We didn't say how long Bye is now. this shelf stable? How long will it last? We've got product that we made six years ago that still look as good as today as it did when we made it. Stock up now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Good point. Uh, we, we'll honor our price if got today if guys will. <laughs> for today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the other thing. We used to call and get price on material, you know, six months out, and now they're giving us a price from day to day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet. And, you know, it's it sounds it's like difficult. the seed business. That's in yeah, it. Uh, a lot of you know, right now. Along with, I think it's even worse. Along yeah. with pricing, is is actually getting the material hauled to make it. That diesel fuel is expensive. Yeah. <sighs> Don't even get me started. Well, slightly <laughs> off subject, but you know, one thing we can do to battle that is uh, by our our practices. You know, we good point. Blends have clovers, and you know, different. You know, you hear about all this regenerative ag. Uh, well, that's uh, those organic farming practices have, have been around for a long time. They've just kind of put a new name on it. But, 
you know, these food plots we're planting are more or less cover crops, and they're they're returning nutrients back to the soil. So we can just get better at at those practices that are improving our soils, and that that'll help a lot. That's the long term answer for sure. Sure yeah. is. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. It's been fun. Yeah, uh, this another is another good one. Number ninety six. And guys, remember to go to uh, the website there yep. and uh, try to win a prize. That what, the word the. the 2010. 2010, that I accidentally guessed right. Yeah, How about that? So, hey, yeah, I should trust my guts more. I don't know. Yeah, you know what my gut's telling me about <laughs> you right now? Hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be lunch, probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right, got, Mac, you got anything? Richie, are you awake? All right, good to know that you're over there. Well, thank, why don't you say goodbye, Dudley? Goodbye, Dudley. Get us out of here, Mac, Mac. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.